Welcome back to another edition of Fire and Ice Sports. It is Tuesday, excuse me, Monday, September 13th. Um, we are sitting here in our respective homes about three hours away from each other. My name is Evan Smoke. I am your resident fire. I am a sophomore, 10th, second year, however you want to code it, at the University of Georgia. And about three hours southeast of me is Bryson Wheeler, the localized Bryson. How are we doing this post-Monday of college football? Doing great. It was a great weekend of football. You had a great week of college football, and then you opened up the NFLs, and you have the NFL tonight, so I'm ready. Yeah, it's been a great couple of days. We've had football since last Thursday, so football fans can definitely rejoice. We are back to, I guess that would be five straight days of football, and if you count Tuesday night MAC action, that should be started in a few weeks, it'll be six. So, Bryson, where do you want to start today? How do you want to start um, Noah has us a trivia question, and if I remember correctly, you're up five to four in the standings. Correct. All right, hit us, Noah. Okay, so after week one of the NFL season, not including tonight, who leads the NFL in rushing yards? That's a good question. Like like player, not team. Yeah, player. player. What player had most rushing yards this past Sunday or Thursday? I got Can it. Mark it is not Mark Give me Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. Mm. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't, you know, keep up with Joe Mixon's stats this week. But I think Mark Ingram, what Joe Mixon go for? Because Ingram went for, I thought, 126. Mixon was 127. Okay. Second highest was like 106, I think. I thought Mark Ingram went for 120-something. I guess not. All yeah. right. Well, I guess we'll hop into some baseball real quick. We don't have much basketball to talk about. Nothing's really going on. Maybe in a couple weeks, you know, we'll get starting heating up with some preseason stuff. But um, let's jump into baseball. The Atlanta Braves, you know, they've been playing fair, fair baseball. Nothing great, nothing bad at all. We have a a four-and-a-half game lead in the division over the Phillies and five over the Mets. Um, The NL Central, as we said, all but over with the Brewers winning it. The NL West, the Giants, have took a two-and-a-half game lead over the Dodgers. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago, and you picked the Giants to win the division while I picked the Dodgers. And the Giants seem to be spacing themselves out a little bit there. Um, Flip over to the American League East. This is the division that amazes me. I was telling Noah and Jackson yesterday, I was like, Tampa Bay's leading the division. Fourth place in the division, 10 games back, is the Yankees at 79-64. and 64. They have a better record than the Braves and are in fourth place in the division. Now, yeah. the, the poor Orioles, they're 43 games back in that division. So that is just a loaded division. Yeah. Um, going to the AL Central, it's all but over the White Sox with a 12-game lead. Houston with a six-and-a-half game lead over Oakland and Seattle in the West. That that division with Oakland and Seattle, they're both fighting hard for a playoff spot in the wild cards. Um, going over to the wild cards, in the National League, the Dodgers have a 16-game lead. So you would are 99% sure the loser of that division will wrap up a wild card. And as of now, the Padres and Reds are tied for that second wild card spot. So you may see three teams from the West get in there. Uh, St. Louis is a game back. Philly is two and a half back. And the Mets are three back. Other than that, nobody else is really competing for a wild card. 
In the American League, you've got Toronto and Boston tied for that top wild card spot. And then you've got the Yankees, Oakland, and Seattle making a push. Uh, New York is one game back. Oakland and Seattle were three back of the wild card. So both wild card uh, races are really heating up right now, getting close. You know, we've got about three weeks left in the season. It's going to be an interesting race. What are you looking for to close out the season? I think we're. Lo- I'm looking a little close to home. I'm looking if the Browns infield can all get 30 home runs. I mean, I think that's just like a hidden, you know, a hidden storyline that people has, have seemed to overlook. But all of our infielders have 26 plus home runs. So a couple hot streaks, and we'd have the first infield to have 30 plus home runs from all positions. Yeah, and that's a crazy feat to accomplish because when you look at it. I, there is no way I thought Dansby would uh, accomplish that this year. Dansby has shown some incredible power. Austin 28? Riley, or what? Dansby's at 28? Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah. Um, Austin Riley has shown incredible power. Kind of expected that out of him. I remember a couple years ago doing a podcast on him. I think it was Vlad Jr. and Keston Hiera for the Brewers. You remember that podcast? I do. Uh, yeah, and just talking about – that was like the weeks they were all coming up, and I was just talking a lot about them. And I, I compared Austin Riley to Chipper. Now, I was like, is he going to be Chipper Jones when his career is all said and done? Probably not. But I was like, that's the guy that you're getting in the lineup, I think. And he's been tremendous defensively as well. You know, we kind of expect that out of Freddie Freeman. And Ozzy has shown a little more pop than we thought. You know, he's we kind of thought he's a 20-25 guy, and he may get his 30 this year. So, I totally agree with that interest in there. Yeah, and, I, and I'm really proud of Austin Riley because, you know, coming into this year, you know, I wasn't saying he was on the hot seat to have his job taken or anything, but we were like, we need some growth or we're going to have to start questioning some things. And Austin Riley promptly did just that. He grew. You know, into a better defender, a better hitter, you know, a better hitter, not just power hitter, like just a better overall hitter. His batting average is, you know, pretty good compared to last year's. So, I mean, it's just been an over, overall growing year for Austin Riley. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's batting 297 this year. I thought he'd probably be about 270 hitters. He's just impressed me all around this year. He's hopefully will finish in the top five in MVP votes. So. All right, anything else on baseball you got? No. Keep the Yankees. All right. Well, um, let's hop over to football. And, you know, it was a great weekend of football, like we said, and I have a lot of takeaways from this weekend. And I'm going to start off with Oregon is a playoff contender. I said it all offseason. I made bold predictions on Oregon beating them. And then my dumb self sees Kayvon Thibodeau out this week and says, oh, they're not going to win, so I pick Ohio State. What does Oregon do without their top two defensive players? Goes and knocks off Ohio State at Ohio State. So, I had them – what? But Ohio State was a paper tiger. I could have told you that when they played Minnesota. Yeah. But I also thought Oregon was a paper tiger. You know, C.J. Stroud did play a lot better, though, than he did against Minnesota. Yeah. They lost by like 10 points in their own house. Yeah, I agree, but C.J. Stroud just looked a lot better. He threw for over 400, wasn't it? No. 
And, I mean, just the throws here make him look a lot better. So, it was good to see him progress a little bit. But that front seven on their defense is terrible, Ohio State's. They've got to fix that fast. Um, My next takeaway was Iowa is a legit team. I know me and you both picked Iowa State to win that game. And rightfully so, probably. They have the best backfield in the nation, in our opinion. But yep. that Iowa defense just closed them up. Yep. I mean, they make Brees Hall look very much like a non-top five running back in the country, which is just not true. Uh, Iowa, this is the year that Kurt Fence and his staff has been looking for. Because Iowa's always there. They're always 11. They're always 14. They're always 12. They're never really top five. And Iowa this year might be – this might be the year of the Hawkeyes, you know to at least make a push and win a Big Ten title. I don't think they're anything special if they make the playoff, but they definitely can move up into the upper echelon of the Big Ten, not the second tier that they seem to create a home in. Yeah, I agree. And that defense is really good, and they're just a real good physical run ball team like they always are year in, year out. Um, The next thing that I want to talk about is Miami was overrated, as always. And yep. we – What would you say? And so is Notre Dame, but we'll get to that. Yeah, I have that later. But um, Miami almost lost to App State. That was our upset pick of the week, both of us, and it nearly happened. And, I mean, App State's a good football team, don't get us wrong, but Miami with De'Aaron King at quarterback should not lose to them. De'Aaron King has seemed to regress every year in his career so far. I don't know if it has to do with the injury or what, but – that's not the same year King we saw go for 50 touchdowns in Houston. No, it's definitely not. The next thing is we can just touch on this real quick. Haynes King for A&M, them losing him was really bad for them. They, they don't look good right now losing their starting quarterback. They may be falling out of the top 25. Oh, yeah. They play Arkansas this week or not this week, but two weeks from now. That's, I think, yeah, yeah, two weeks. Mm-hmm. Two weeks. So we, we, Georgia plays Vandy. That, that's the time Arkansas gets to, gets to introduce themselves to the country. But that Arkansas team is good, folks. That, that might end up being the second-best team in the West. Yeah, Arkansas really shocked me this week because I was looking at that line, and it was seven in favor of Texas. And I was like, why is it so close? Texas should beat them. I know Texas may not be great, but even if they're mediocre, they should beat Arkansas. And then Arkansas just walks in there and kills them. Yeah, Sam Pittman's a good coach. I I, I remember him from this time at Georgia. He's going to do a lot with that team. That Arkansas team is going to be – I think it might be the second-best game remaining on Georgia's schedule. Yeah, I don't know about – why that maybe I think Auburn would still be Auburn and Florida would still be better, but we'll see about that. Um, Arkansas scary team coming to West. All right. Well, the next point I want to touch on is your Georgia Bulldogs. The mailman comes in and leads them to a pure domination game. Uh, Stetson Bennett looked great. And what what are your thoughts on that? I, I can tell you in the stadium, Stetson Bennett walked out to booze. People <laughs> booing him. And then about two plays later, he threw it 70 yards to the house, and everyone lost their minds. I, it was an insane scene. I actually missed one of the touchdowns because Herschel Walker happened to be two rows behind me and was like, hey, guys, 
And we were like, wait, what? And like, and then he's like starting cheering and pointing towards the field. So we all whip our heads around and here goes Brock Bowers 90 yards down the sideline. It was just a pure, I mean, stepping through 12 passes, he made 10 of them and five of them were touchdowns, three of 60 plus yards. That was the Georgia offense I was prepared to see coming into the game. And not Stetson's not going to take JT's job. I'm not going to say anything crazy like that because it's just not going to happen. But if the Georgia offense can facilitate like we did this weekend with Stetson, with JT in there, this Georgia team might be the best Georgia team I've seen in my lifetime. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I'm not a Georgia fan at all, but Stetson's a guy that, you know, we grew up by. You know, Mm -hmm. we know his family real well, all kinds of stuff like that. And, you know, it was – Really good. When I saw him get the start, I was like, hey, I'm glad for him. And then when he starts throwing all those touchdowns, even I was cheering. And I hate uh, Georgia with everything I've got. But I, I loved watching them succeed this weekend. It was a, it was a great weekend. Co-offensive SEC Player of the Week honors. He made the Davey O'Brien watch list. I think, I think the Heisman odds from last year has resurfaced. Go ahead and put your money on it now, people. Um all that considered, it's just been – it was a great time to be a Georgia Bulldog Saturday. We felt good. I mean, yeah, we were playing UAB, but UAB – who did they beat 31-0 week one? Uh, I'm not – not, wait, no, no. It was – who did they – It was Jacksonville. It was Jackson State, yeah. Jacksonville State, baby. We'll get to them in a second. But, um, yeah, no, it was just a great time. And it, it, it gave me more confidence looking forward. Now, I get it was UAB. We were playing – I mean, we had our backup quarterback in. We were just throwing crap down the field, hoping it got caught, you know, at a certain point. But, you know, if the offense can facilitate like that, if we can work like that, we got we can't score 56 every week. But if you can score 30-plus, take – I would take us against any team in the nation minus one. <laughs> minus one. I agree with you there. And, I mean, I have Georgia ranked at two right now. As and- they should – that defense looks really good, and outside of you know Alabama and Georgia, at times nobody else has impressed us yet. Oh, I'll say Iowa has too, but if Georgia and Iowa play, you know, next week I'm picking Georgia. So Georgia looks like the second best team in the country. Yeah, they definitely do, and that, it's a great time to be a Georgia Bulldog. The next thing I want to talk about is Florida, and you know they've looked good so far, but. Emory Jones has disappointed, and we need a quarterback change. Anthony Richardson has came in and played absolutely lights out. He he had seven plays this past week and averaged 38 yards per play. Per play. That's insane. And so if we want a chance against Alabama, now, now we're not beating Alabama no matter what. Tim Tebow came back and wanted to play quarterback next week. We're not beating Alabama. But – if we want to even be in the same ballpark as them next Saturday, Anthony Richardson needs to get a lot more playing time. But one thing that I do want to talk about is I think our offense is going to come out throwing everything we have at Alabama. Dan Mullen is already talking about a two-quarterback system. That will be so fun to watch. I'm I'm ready for Saturday. I know. All right. Sorry, guys. We're having some technical difficulties. But – um. Talking about the Florida Gators, I think we just need to see quarterback change, but I'm ready to see everything thrown at Alabama this week from an offensive standpoint. Now, I don't think we'll win, but hopefully we can at least be competitive. The next yeah. – go ahead. Yeah, 
I was just going to comment, and I was, I was talking to my mom today, and she was like, is there really any team that scares you? And I said, as of right now, no. But if they make a quarterback change down in Gainesville, I think that would be a really good game. Because I don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely. I, I don't know. Like, Georgia can handle Emory Jones. I, I, I feel confident about that. I don't know if we can handle a 6'6", 240 guy who can run people over like Cam Newton did. I don't either, and that's what I keep saying. I keep calling him baby Cam. Now, is he going to be – the next Cam Newton? No, I'm not saying that. There probably will never be another Cam Newton. But just his size and athleticism into one just reminds you a lot of him. Yep. All right. Um, talking about one of our rivals, though, uh, FSU, they're an awful program right now and just an absolute dumpster fire. I said it all off season, And then the Notre Dame game, after that, we were kind of like, are they really as bad as we thought? Yes, they are. They're not ready to contend, though we're close. Losing to Jacksonville State like that was just an awful loss. They lost to Notre Dame. They're already 0-2. Mike Norvell is 3-8 in his first 11 games there. So it just does not look good down in Tallahassee right now. No, it just definitely doesn't. And, you know, we'll we'll talk about Notre Dame in a second, but I I just – I don't know how you fix that program, you know. You know, because you come off this huge high of Notre Dame and then you give up a 70-yard pass as the, you know, time expires to Jacksonville State where he, you miss three tackles and the dude walks in the end zone. Like, it's bad. It's almost as bad as the Hail Mary that Tennessee did against Georgia a couple of years ago. I mean, it's just it's just a pure lack of planning. Yeah, I agree. They just look very poorly coached, and it, it doesn't look good down in Tallahassee. But talking about Notre Dame – uh, they had a really close game with Toledo. We're able to squeak it out. They, I'm not giving up on Notre Dame for the year. Don't get me wrong here. I think they are very talented. I think their offense is going to come around. And I think they have an amazing secondary and just need some work in the front seven. I think that by the end of the year, they'll be a top five or six team probably. But right now, they don't look like that. And I think Cincinnati, do you, do you know when they play? I do not. Cincinnati, Notre Dame. Okay, so in two weeks. Uh, I think Cincinnati is going to beat them maybe even pretty handily in a couple weeks. Yeah. I think Notre Dame's going to end up in the Outback Bowl or whatever they're calling it these days. I mean, they can enjoy their 9-3, and 10-2 season and go, you know, be on the outside of the New Year's Six. I mean, that's just Notre Dame's faith. That's what I'm calling them. I'm sticking by it. I don't think anything different. I've seen enough to, to say that that's what that team is. Yeah. All right. Well, do you have anything else on college football? Because that's all I've got. Yeah. I, I want to hear your top six teams right now at the end of the year. Who do you think is going to be in the playoff in the two out? I want to hear it. Okay. Well, you know, it's really hard because I think Cincinnati's also going to go undefeated. But yeah. I just – I have a hard time leaving Georgia or Alabama out. I think Oregon's going to make it. And I really think Oklahoma is. Yep. And I, I just have a hard time leaving Cincinnati out, though, too. So, as of right now, I guess I'll put those four teams in, leave Cincinnati out, and I, I'm i still going to go probably uh, – no, I'm going to go Clemson as my six. All right. I have Georgia – I have – excuse me. I have Alabama at one. I have Oklahoma at two. I have Georgia at three. Give me the Iowa Hawkeyes at four, baby. Be Oregon at five, Clemson at six. 
You know, I really like this Iowa team, but when I was making my rankings, I asked myself, if Ohio State and Iowa played next week at a neutral site, who am I picking? And I picked Ohio State. And so I have Ohio State at seven and Iowa at eight. Yeah, I see how you feel, but you got to think about it. Iowa and Ohio State don't play each other on the regular schedule, correct? It is a, a, it would have to be a Big Ten championship game. Yes. I don't know if Ohio State even makes it to the Big Ten championship game. You know, Penn State looks pretty good. You know, there's a couple teams on the East. Michigan looks decent this year. There's a couple teams on the East. Yeah, I'd still say Ohio State would make it to the East or would win the East and go to the championship. But there's a couple teams that's going to give Ohio State more. This is the most vulnerable Ohio State team we've seen in years. Yeah, I agree with that. But um, speaking of Penn State, I want to touch on that game real quick as well. Penn State and Auburn play this weekend. Me and Noah and possibly even Jackson are going to be making the trip up to Happy Valley. And as of right now, I think I'm picking Auburn to win that game. They're seven-point underdogs, but I haven't been too impressed with Penn State. And Auburn looks pretty good right now. And I hate to say I'm picking Bo Nix, but I think right now I'm picking Bo Nix and the Auburn Tigers to go in and beat Penn State in a wideout game. That's, that's a tall task right there. That's a tall task. It sure is. But that's all I've got on college football for this week. I was going to hit on some NFL real quick, though. Let's go ahead. All right. Well, Thursday night, the NFL opened up. The Bucks Chiefs opened up with an absolutely amazing game. That Prescott looked good coming off of injury. Tom Brady looked like 23-year-old Tom Brady. That It was just a great game to watch. Yeah, the Bucks cowboys by the way, was a great game. I don't know about the Bucks chiefs I don't know what game uh, you were. I said Bucks chiefs to Noah too earlier. I mean Cowboys. But Cowboys lost, great way to start the season. Um, Buccaneers don't look like they missed a beat. I mean, this team's scary. It's going to be scary, and as long as Tom Brady's in the backfield with the weapons around him, they've got to be the on-paper favorites to win the Super Bowl again. Um, Brady chasing eight rings. That's all I got to say. I don't, I don't even want to talk about that game. Brady just makes me sick. That's just pure domination, and it doesn't look like he's aging at all. It looks like he's getting younger somehow. Nope. Uh, but talking about the Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs-Brown game was another great game. The Browns looked really good. They had – I heard something on uh, Get Up this morning. The Chiefs had the lead for eight snaps in that game yesterday. The Browns dominated for the first half. Oh, yeah. In total control of the game, but Patrick Mahomes was going to Patrick Mahomes, and Tyreek Kill had a great game as well. Chiefs pulled it out. Yeah, it was, it was so funny. Patrick Mahomes even played into the meme where he was like, F it, Tyreek's out there somewhere. Yeah. Down there. Like sometimes when he just, you're just like, oh no, oh no. And then he just throws it up. Tyreek's there somewhere. Yeah, so uh, I just want to talk about the Falcons being a dumpster fire. The Jaguars being a dumpster fire. Um, let's just let's just both teams need to just take their three and fourteen seasons and go home. I don't care who we beat. Just give me the number three draft pick and let's move on. Like I've seen enough. This this team, there's no room for improvement. You know, really that you can make this season. The offensive line looks atrocious. The defense looks atrocious. Right. Can't catch. I don't know who thought Mike Davis was a good running back because Cordell Patterson had more yards than him. Matt Ryan could not even get the ball out of his hand. 
Calvin Ridley was dropping passes. Kyle Pitts wasn't even targeted, and when he was, it was three yards out. So if that's our number four draft pick, why are we only throwing three yards passes to him? I mean, it just was like, you know, the only good thing is young Waku. That's the only good thing. It's the only thing I keep in mind. Tank this season. Get us a quarterback prediction. Like, just let's move on. Georgia Southern alumni there, young way. Young way. But, um, yeah, the offense did not look good. And, you know, that's kind of what we kind of thought that, you know, Matt Ryan would lead that offense to at least a respectable offense. Yeah. We knew the defense will probably still struggle, but they just looked all around bad. And speaking of the Jaguars, I already think they should be looking to replace Urban Meyer. I love Urban Meyer, but he just does not seem to fit as an NFL coach. Great college coach, one of the best ever, but yep. he can't do it in the NFL, I don't think. They're, they're already saying that he's yelling at players and he's become unhinged after week one. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. But the next thing I want to talk about is the Green Bay Packers Saints game. Jameis, now, while he only threw for 148, he threw for five touchdowns with zero interceptions. He impressed in his debut for the Saints. But Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, looked awful. The MVP from last year threw, was it two or three interceptions? Uh, Two interceptions, did not throw for many yards. He just looked terrible, and the Packers got blown out surprisingly. In Jacksonville, of all places. Yeah. I think Aaron Rodgers is purposely sucking, so they trade him. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's a long point. We'll see. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about was the rookie quarterbacks. Did not really impress yesterday. You know, hey, Justin Fields and Trey Lance both had touchdowns, man. Yeah, well, and I was just saying they didn't get to play much. Now, they looked fine when they played, but neither of them played much. Uh, Trevor Lawrence struggled. He led the – NFL in incompletion yesterday. That was on that was a get ups trivia question this morning. Um, Matt Jones, he looked, you know, so so. He he wasn't terrible. He wasn't great. And Zach Wilson did not look real good at all. So, you know, all this hype that the rookie quarterback class got, they really did not impress yesterday. No, they did not. All right. Well, do you have any other football or any other? Comments? Um, not really. I just, I would, I'm ready for more football. I know it's early on either one. Um, I lost in fantasy this week, so bless up. Actually, not not yet. I have to get the Ravens defense to score 16 tonight, so one percent chance I win. Hey, I need Tucker uh, for 22. That's possible though. <laughs> I don't know. JT is pulling for my kicker. It was so funny. One of my friends today was like, yeah, I just need Sammy Watkins to score 60 tonight. And I said, if there's anybody who could score 60, it might be week one Sammy Watkins. Week one Sammy Watkins is insane. We were making (laughs) prop bets for the game earlier today. And I said, you know, the line for Sammy Watkins touchdowns was .5. And I jokingly said, Sammy Watkins three and a half touchdowns. And Jackson and Noah both yelled, over. Yes. That's just Sammy Watkins week one for you. Week one, Sammy Watkins is a demon. I expect multiple mo- – I expect 30-plus points out of him tonight in fantasy. Yeah. And um, I, I've i got a bold take for this week, and you can come up one if you want to. But my bold prediction, and Noah is probably about to crawl out of his couch over beside me and hit me, 
because anything that I say related to college football is not happening right now. So I'm going Auburn goes into Penn State and beats them by at least a score, probably at 10-plus. Yeah, well, okay. I'll be taking Penn State this weekend. Thank you for that. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Noah just looked sadly disappointed that we're about to drop 13 hours to watch Auburn lose by 40-plus. Yeah. So are y'all going to drive? I have have questions about that. How's that going to work? Yes, we're heading up Friday morning, and I think we're – we're talking about stopping at a Nationals game on Friday. Okay. And then we're going to head up, stay the night there in uh, we're, Harrisburg, Harrisburg on Friday. Go to game day Saturday morning, you know, just kind of tour campus, tailgate, whatever, uh, till the game. Game's at 7 or 7.30. And, and uh, then we're going to stay the night there again. And then we're going to come back in toward D.C. on Sunday and head back. Y'all be careful in D.C. now. Ain't no telling what's going on. Yeah, that right. But do you have a hot take for us? Um, Yankees don't make the playoffs. Okay. All that money spent, all the firepower on offense, and they ain't going to make it. Nope, not going to make it. You heard it there first, folks. All right, well, any closing remarks? Go Braves. Go Braves.